folks, welcome to episode 8 of Darren Matthews and Sometimes Friends. This week I chat with Darren Craig, one of the nicest people who ever let me DJ because he was the first person who ever let me DJ. And Darren is one of the resident DJs down in the limelight in Belfast. So uh, have a listen as we talk music, live rock shows and uh, a bit of football at the end for the sports fans. Good morning, good afternoon, and or maybe even good night, depending on what time of day you are listening to this. Welcome to the latest episode of Darren Matthews and Sometimes Friends, the podcast that I named and Sometimes Friends, in case no one wanted to come on it with me and I could do it myself. Joining me today is another Darren. This is not like a schizophrenic episode. <laughs> you are maybe just doing it yourself. I know. Am I? Since like a Shutter Island thing, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Uh, joining me is the man who was the first person to ever let me DJ anywhere. Uh, Mr. Darren Craig, hello there. Hello, how are you? Thanks for coming on the thing. Well, it's, you know, easy. I know, because we're in your house <laughs> drinking tea. Exactly. The joys of uh, the mobile recording studio that is my Huawei. <laughs> we're listening and also the Chinese government are listening. Exactly. Uh, so I, somebody said this to me the other day, they were like, do you know the Chinese government are listening through their phones? And I was like, well, I really hope they like Gaelic football and weird porn. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes at the same time. Sometimes at the same time. Gaelic porn, weird shit. Um, yeah, uh, Darren, you were the first person to let me DJ at your night radiation in Lavery's, as it was then, in the yeah, bunker. Uh, yeah, a long, long time ago. Yeah, That is a long, long time ago, because what, how long did you say you started radiation Radiation ago? started actually in Annie Annie's about 15 years ago. It was April 2004 um, was the first one. I'm trying to think, was I even living in Belfast at that point? I don't even know if you were a twinkle in your mother's eye at that point. I was, no, I was definitely a teenager. Um, no, I, I don't think I was in Belfast at that point. No, it wasn't because I lived in Belfast for like six or seven years before I emigrated. So, but yeah, you know, yeah, so radiation was in Lavery's when I knew it. Radiation initially started in Annie Annie's um, and that's kind of how I ended up DJing um, around in the limelight because the guys that owned the limelight at that point also owned Annie Annie's um, and I ended up sort of covering shifts and, and getting involved there um, after a while. But yeah, radiation um, was sort of born out of an idea that um, myself and Jimmy Devlin, um, who was DJing in the limelight at that point, um, and is well known sort of locally around the music scene, um, we, there was there was nowhere really accommodating for the kind of music we were listening to at that time, which was um, sort of bands like Bright Eyes and um, Cursive and, and sort of like undergroundy emo-y stuff um, and we both had kind of different tastes and, and we're different ends of that spectrum but um, it started off kind of around that idea and then we decided to do a club so even though at that time rock was top 40 music or was popular yeah you were still finding another niche to go off into yeah it was like you know the charts at that time was at the we'll call it the Kerrang era but it was like Linkin Park and the Biscuit and all that sort of stuff yeah. which was great and you could get away with a bit of that in the limelight at the time although not completely like it was still limelight at that point was like the pixies and smashing pumpkins yeah. and um still the, the, breeders the 90s, and the that sort kids. of stuff yeah. yeah 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 um so we we wanted to do something where you know the music that we were listening to i suppose um every day was we thought there was a, a an appeal for it to, to have a club and we tried it and to, to an extent it worked um it needed a bit of tweaking but yeah it was well, good radiation's back Radiation's back. Well, I just thought. Well, Radiation is back for. Is it for a one night only? Or we're going to see what happens. It's one night, I think. Yeah, I mean, for a bit of fun. I'm an old man, um, <laughs> <laughs> and 
I just I think another club might kill me. So um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I, the intention at the minute is just to give it a one-off. And, so, uh, so the initial idea of radiation was sort of rock punk metal emo, sort of a bit of everything. Yeah. I, it, when I was going, it was it was quite literally a bit of everything. Or was that into the era where? you maybe settled in a bit more and people were requesting stuff. Like, you uh, had an audience who came to the show, so... Yeah, I mean, it, arguably it was at its most successful in Lavery's. Um, and I think it kind of evolved in, in Lavery's to a point where it was a bit more of the kind of um, Kerrang-era stuff. Um, some, like, a little bit more metal in there. Um, more than there was at the start, anyway. Um and yeah, I don't know, like, I mean, I suppose tastes change and, and things need to evolve a little bit. So radiation evolved with it just to kind of, you know, keep the crowds interested and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I don't know how how this reunion one's going to go or what I'm going to play yet. Um, I was looking at some old playlists the other day and there was like, honestly, there was everything from like um, old punk stuff or like bands like Against Me and Refused and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then I was looking at ones later on and it was like heavier stuff like Metallica and Rob Zombie and Iron Maiden and all that sort of stuff. So, so I, you're not I, sure what to do? Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where I'll go. I'll just maybe give it a go on the night and see where we end up. What about like an Eras playlist? A what? Like an Eras playlist? Oh yeah, just like go through the night. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like an RH. I do, <laughs> I do like a silent disco and have headphones on and people could just tune in to which era they want to... Yeah, yeah, two laps. That's yeah, yeah. Just bring somebody yeah. with you. <laughs> um, no, that because that. But the other thing about the radiation coming back is there's a, there's a cause for this one. This is uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to get too soppy or whatever, but um, no, I think uh, it's a good. I think it's a good idea. So that's why I want to. Yeah, ask. It's, um, I suppose soppy. It's a nice thing. Um, a couple of a couple of people who would have been regulars and stuff um, are are no longer with us. Um, and suffered from mental health issues and things and. Um, yeah, I just I thought you know I bring it back. I don't really want to profit off it. I'm not bringing it back for 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 that. I just want to have a good time and and see some old friends and play some music alike. And um, if we can raise a bit of money for for pips, which is what it's for, um, then that'll be that'll be good. That's good because that's who I shaved my head for after the boxing. Yeah, after my show when we did the fighting fit show, my your, donation your was golden locks are surely worth. They're back. A fortune, yeah. They're back, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my hair is growing back at a successful rate, thank God. Because there's always the danger in your 30s, you shave it off, that hairline's not coming back. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it went okay. No, you're, oh. you're strong. You've got a, I think you're live, you've got that hairline for life. I hope you're, so. You're good. Uh, no, we raised we raised 200 quid and that was... Brilliant. Was, and that was at the Black Box show. So what we did was, we did like a bucket collection. I said, I'm going to finish the show doing something a bit different. So... <laughs> Whoever is the highest bidder will get to shave my head and the second highest bidder will shave my beard off. This is when I had the full beard. Mm. So we got a young lady donated 70 euro and shaved my head. Brilliant. But she actually donated 70 euro and said, I'm giving you 70 euro not to shave your head so you can do another event and shave your head at that. And I was like, no, we've committed to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. So I was like, so I bought a new hat. Out. The head's got to go. So yeah, so we did that and uh, I, I, I would do a bit of stuff. Pips helps a lot of people down in Uri where I'm from as well. Yeah, I so. think it was it was started down around that direction, wasn't it? I think it? it's one of the main offices is down there. Met, I think started in North Belfast. Right, okay. I was chatting to Chris Chris Kerr who used to play for Antrim was on the podcast a few weeks ago and he does a lot of work with him as well because mm. he's a, like a mental health advocate as a an athlete kind of thing. Yeah. So he was on and he was saying about it starting in Belfast but uh, the office in Uri is run by a guy called Shimi McCabe. I knew Shimi's son who sadly took his own life so that's they're doing brilliant work down there so for you to do the night which is something that will bring people a bit of joy and a bit of happiness and like rep was all in man 
Yeah. It's all about, it's it all is, about that yeah, nostalgia, yeah, yeah. isn't it? So I'm just, maybe I'm just a fashionista or something. No, I think we're just, we're just old. Yeah, That's I it. think so. I was listening to a podcast today about uh, the crying, it was a crying podcast talking about the 25 years of the Warped Tour. And they were talking about stuff and I was like, I, I've never been to the Warped Tour, but I remember all those bands. Like, they're, oh, it started in like 96 with this band. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I know everyone he's mentioning here, so... <laughs> But that's good because that was that would have been bands that were playing at radiation as well. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, how much is it into radiation? Because um, <laughs> in the old days it was three quid. Right, I haven't really committed to anything actually. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't really. Uh, I don't know. It's all been a bit kind of last minute, to be honest. Um, I only really got the the event up on Facebook there like last week, and um, I haven't really haven't worked out drinks promos or anything. There will hopefully be drinks promos, um, so please come down. Um, Three or five, it won't be any more than that. Okay, yeah, and it's yeah. going to be right in the middle of Belfast City Centre, so come yep. down for a few hours, chuck be... a few pounds in, chill a bit out for a bit, even if you're not staying for the night, come in yeah. and listen to some tunes. Exactly. And then bounce off to some terrible hellhole that charges you 12 quid for a gin and tonic, <laughs> if you want. <laughs> but I would, like recommend, I would recommend staying in <laughs> <laughs> staying in the Berliner, which is where, where the show's going to be. be. A good, it'll be a good night. It'll just be fun, sing-along stuff, you know, no, no, you can leave a pretension at the door, just come in, listen to songs that you can get drunk and sing along to stuff. And that was really, you know, what I really want. It's just a That's good night. That's true. Yeah. What, what date are we going for? Uh, it's the 30th of November, so Saturday week, yeah. Payday week. Excellent. Yes, exactly. Oh, that was that was kind of planned. That's the stuff. So we're gonna have that one down. Can I suggest maybe getting a wee bucket off pips and sticking it up beside you at the box for the yeah, trophy that's final? A good idea. Yeah, maybe leave one on the bar as well. Yes. Yeah. Any change, any any extra shekels you have fired in. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty cool. Um one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about in the podcast after we sort of pimped the gig to start with <laughs> was a couple of parallels about number one how you ended up letting me DJ which was nice because that meant I ended up going back to Newry and doing like the riffraff rooms and mm. I ended up doing the limelight myself. Same as you. A uh, couple of things. Um, both drummers. Yeah. Both culties. Uh, Are you a culty? At, right. Did so you qualify? I was born in Balamina, but I moved. Yeah. I moved. <laughs> I moved away when I was young, so I didn't really. I didn't absorb the Balamina culture growing up. So but you don't have the accent. No, and I don't have the accent, so I've avoided that. But then, like my brother and sister, who still live in Balamina, do have the accent. So. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Am I a culty? What classifies as a culty? Is it just where you're born? It could be from where you're born and then also sort of where you... But, but you moved to Belfast. And yes, I've lived in Belfast far longer than I was ever in Ballymena. Yeah, I think I think that's the one. That, but uh, even just because you're not from Belfast, it's not that I'm giving you shit. It's the people of Belfast. <laughs> Nobody was giving me shit until I you know, brought it up. No, I just think it's, I think it's great because obviously I'm not from Belfast, but I lived here for years and then people be like, oh, cultures must be terrible. I'm like, no, it's actually, actually kind of nice being where I'm from, you know. Because I was away though when I was younger and stuff, like I was only in Balamina. We came back to Balamina when I was uh, like 13, maybe. So I finished my A level education in Balamina and moved out. So what's that, like five, six years yeah. in Balamina? Um, and I haven't really spent much time there since. Um, like Belfast is home to me, you know, Balamina is yeah. not home, never really was. How, where did Balamina come? Was your mum from Balamina? My mum's from Balamina. Oh, yeah. there you go. You guys, that's good old Irish woman, take you straight back to where she's <laughs> yeah, from. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, well, yeah, I think, and um, also the the drumming thing. How yeah. did you end up? Because I I got a I got a drum kit when I was sixteen because everyone was in bands and I was too lazy to learn guitar. Um, yeah, you were very kind describing me as a drummer. Uh, <laughs> you had a drum kit. <laughs> I had a drum kit once. Yeah, I I briefly played in a band. No, um, how did it come about? I was actually uh, I 
I kind of got interested in it late in school. So like during, maybe during my A-levels or late GCSEs. And um, there was a guy in our music department came in in the evenings and was teaching teaching drums. So I took lessons for about two weeks or something. Thought, right, I think I've got a good grasp on this now. Um, I can just do it myself. But around that time, sort of finished my A-levels. So I wasn't being able to take lessons with him anymore. Um, finished school for a year and went off and worked and then saved up a little bit of money and basically spent the money on my first drum kit, which was a second-hand white Tama Rockstar kit from about the mid-80s or something like that. Better sounded like a drink. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure it did. Sounded like yeah, biscuit tins or something. Um, it was all right, actually. It wasn't a bad kit. I ended up selling it on, um, but uh, it was a nice enough little kit. So I, I just kind of really self-taught from that point. It was good. It was a bit of fun, but you know, living in Belfast and, and living in apartments and terraced houses and stuff as a student and things it just wasn't really conducive to practicing drums so. you kind of have to have like a rehearsal space yeah you? which exactly. I, I was very lucky with because when i was running shows at the time of playing in a band we would i would go home once a week and we would rehearse in the venue i ran mm. which was a lot because i could set up a full ba system like it was only when i started playing in bands in belfast people were in these like little tiny rehearsal rooms you come out and your ears are ringing i was like jesus i got it really good because we had like the full inf in one point yeah, and yeah, I would, I would set up I would plug in on the floor so the PS system would sit or, so I wasn't on stage where I couldn't hear stuff and I had the mixed monitors mm-hmm. I put my kid on the floor and we played in the round like basically like the, the Offspring video for Can't Get My Head Around You we did that where we all could <laughs> see each other so we were actually very very lucky compared to bands in Belfast who had to go and use like rehearsal rooms and they were paying monthly rents and shit mm. I was like oh I just use the bar that I played in myself but then I ran shows in so I ended up running shows and then I got into a bit of DJMU, which was sitting on in radiation every couple of weeks. Just a really crafty way of getting for free, I'm a bastard. I think that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> Get a free pint or something. Like it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So we did that and then I ended up doing the bits and put. But same as you, played drums, took probably about two weeks lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first lesson was a guy explained to me what each thing was. He taught me a 4-4 beat and then from there I was learning by ear. Yeah. Luckily enough, we listened to music that I think if you can play it fast you can get away with a lot <laughs> it's the same beat just it's the same beat up. so yeah. I, I couldn't do I couldn't do much <laughs> technical wise but fast was my deal yeah no I um I wasn't oh recently like I've started sort of getting a, a hunger for it again you know listening to um listening to a lot of Tool recently and thinking like the the time signatures in a Tool song and going maybe I could do that I don't know you but, can't no I know I can't even, even when I was solidly playing for 80 years I couldn't play like Danny Curry from Tool yeah I always think in the limelight on a Saturday I'll play a Tool song or something and be like yeah I think I've got this down like just air drumming you know yeah do you, do you ever think that the drumming was something that maybe led you into the DJing or was that something that you just facilitated playing more music um I don't know yeah I, I've always I've always been interested in music um full stop so I yeah the DJing I think was just really it I never really had a, a particular interest in DJing. It wasn't like, oh, I really want to be a DJ. It was, um, as I said, like when radiation started, it was really born out of, we just want to do something that we would like to go to. Um, and Jimmy at the time uh, was already DJing. So he kind of showed me the ropes, which was, there's the play button on that CD player. There's the play button yeah. on that CD player. Just make sure your levels aren't too high. And that was, that was really how it started. Um I'd like to think I'm a little bit better than that now. But yeah, don't leave dead air. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the DJing thing sort of, no, I don't think it's associated with the drumming as such. It was just kind of born out of something that we were going to do. And well, I, I found myself the same. I mean, even when I lived in Belfast, I was I was running some shows in Laveries and Atianis and I was playing in bands. 
and then I would have run the shows of the weekend in the INF. It was kind of my job for like two years. That's all I did was run shows, and then obviously lived in Belfast and drank the head of myself and mm. went to radiation on a Wednesday. It was it was great, so I could, I could do that. But it was it was the same thing of putting something on that I would like to go to mm. because where I grew up, people would just go, "This is shit." All your options were like two nightclubs in Uri. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't like this kind of music. I don't want to go. I actually used to do a thing where I would go out with my, my friends who I knew from like school or work before I moved to Belfast when I was like 20 and to, so I could go to the bar but then when they were like at 12 o'clock they're like let's go to the club when they wanted to go to the club I would just be wearing my Converse yeah so then they wouldn't let me in I'm like oh guys can't get in sorry bye and I just go back to the pub and I'm like, <laughs> have a couple of pints and go home it was great so I kind of avoided that kind of nightclub culture but yeah. at that point then I got into bands, so we were, that's what we did. We were running our own shows. Yeah. Like one out of, no one else was definitely ever going to book us. So you had to put something on. Mm-hmm. And then once you connected into that thing where people are interested, like a radiation, like the Limelight Rock Club, like people are coming to it. There's, there's, if there's an audience for it, they'll yeah. hopefully latch on. There was, around then as well, I mean, times have changed quite a lot, but there was much more of a, a scene, much more of an appetite for live music. Yes. Um, like I, not to the same extent as you did, but I put on the odd show now and again. Um, I kind of got burnt badly once or twice as well, so it kind of put me off it. But um, yeah, it, it, like I remember there were there were nights around there was Belfast and like lots of nights around the town where you might have had four or five music venues around the city, um, all with maybe a, a full like four or five band show on, and you would end up having to run around two or three venues just to see a couple of the bands that you wanted to see. But there was like the Pavilion and. Auntie Annie's was obviously a big one. Um, the front page, where I think pretty much every local band in Belfast started. My first um, ever Belfast gig was the front page. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's long gone now, but um, it was a great venue for for bands starting out. It doesn't really seem to be the same the same sort of place for for bands as much now. The OES Centre are doing some good work and stuff, but um, the the appetite for it, the culture for it, just seems to be gone at the minute. Rock rock music, guitar music in general, is a little bit out of vogue and. Yeah, I was I was thinking that I was just whenever somebody does start a band because obviously there's still great live music in Belfast and all around Ireland. So you're just like, what do these bands play? Because yeah. and then once I once I stopped running shows, it was just I'd say I took about six months and I was completely out of the loop. Yeah, because well, like, oh, that band broke up and they have a new band. I'm like, what? Wait, what? Who are the, who are these guys? Maybe maybe that's the problem. Maybe I am just out of the loop a little bit. But there was a band playing last night, a local band called Hunk Papa. I don't really know much about them, but they sold out one night too. Um, for a play yeah I know it just, brilliant. it's brilliant but yeah I just like where are these bands coming up through I just I don't know somebody please tell me yeah where have you been playing before you've suddenly gone to Lemon 2 because yeah. I feel like after years of playing when there was lots of encouragement and people who came to your shows I think I played the Lemon once <laughs> yeah that's it maybe yeah. you just weren't good enough I, I, play, I got to play the um, the Spring and Urbic we opened, my old band opened for the Dwarves which was pretty cool nice and then I ended up touring with the Dwarves via the Dangerfields so I my band <laughs> my band was called the Valentines um they they were established before I joined um I I kind of came in later but they were kind of just you know basic indie rock stuff like nothing nothing crazy but um my first gig with them was in the Rosetta Bar um which was a great gig venue another uh, venue that's no longer with yeah, us yeah like. um really underutilized I think there's a real problem in Belfast I mean, people don't like going too far into the city centre for anything like, which I think that's a weird thing because obviously for 30 years people wouldn't go into the city centre yeah, yeah but like you just people don't like going anywhere that they have to 
go too far to now that maybe that's a public transport thing i know like in cities like london or manchester or whatever where there's like trams and underground and all the rest of it people will travel for an hour to go and see a gig or whatever you know um very very happily belfast just doesn't seem to have the same same thing but the rosetta bar was great um really enjoyed playing there but um you're like talking about supporting people we ended up playing it's not really a support gig as such but we ended up playing a um in like a market square or something in Straban. Um, we, it was really rushed as well. I think we only got there like five or 10 minutes before we were due to get, get on stage. Um, and then straight after us was Brian Kennedy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I mean, that wasn't a support gig. It just happened to be one of the guys from the band was in from Straban. So, so I think it was, was just, just on the after. association. Yeah, he was just the, on after. but The local council job. Yeah, exactly. We get, we're not getting the grant money unless we put one of the extras on from <laughs> yeah, down the road. That's what it was. Funny, we didn't get any of the grant money. but Yeah, fair enough. No, because they're... Um, yeah, but that was great. I, I was... Obviously, we're talking about a night you're promoting that it dips in nostalgia. Yes. So we're talking about kind of Belfast as I remember it because I wouldn't... I don't think now if I if I wanted to see a gig I would have to it's probably I think the next gig I'm going to is the Wild Hearts in the New Year oh nice yeah so that's another band from many many years yeah, ago but yeah. they're getting supported by CKY so oh that'll be good that's good Belfast actually ended up being one of the good things about having places like the Limelight and the Old Stiff Kitten and stuff was and the Black Box as well where I saw some brilliant gigs one of the good things about growing up liking the kind of music we liked was number one tickets were never too dear mm. merch was usually pretty affordable yeah so you could get like a gig ticket and a t-shirt for 30 quid. Yeah, give or take. Yeah. Give or take, yeah. yeah. So that was good. Whereas now you go to a gig and it's like, that's eh, 30 pound in and a gig t-shirt's 25 quid. And I was like, sweet. Um, <laughs> do you think though that's... Just skip the rent payment this month. Like, do you think that's just kind of reflective of the music industry in general? Where I artists... Think it's, it, yeah, it's reflective where nobody's buying albums. Yeah, I think the, the artists aren't making their money in the same ways now, so they have to do it in, in different ways. Yeah. A lot, there's a lot of free release to get you to the yeah but everything now is just an advertisement for the live show yeah well i mean it, it always kind of was i mean that's where artists always made their money but yeah there just seems to be a more focus like the, the meet and greet ticket thing i really have an issue with that like the vip kind of get your photo taken with whoever it is for an extra 300 quid or whatever i, I think that's very different to the maybe the idea of the scene we came from which was waiting at the tour bus and being like hey man, yeah and there were but it might be the, the genre band as well yeah, maybe sort maybe. of the punks or metalers that we liked would have been more they came from maybe a scene or a community kind of thing so they were like yeah yeah sign stuff for kids and so it's different now where you know Taylor Swift doesn't want to meet you <laughs> well yeah exactly it's going to cost you 300 quid boys <laughs> but um, do, do you find the um, when you're DJing uh, what's changed like obviously like you went from radiation you've been doing the limelight for ages now uh, yeah, I've been there almost as long as, as Radiation. I can't remember exactly when I started in the limelight and it started off kind of slow at first, but um, it, it's at least 10 years yeah. um, I've been in there. Um, uh, music tastes have changed. Um, it's it, it, like the limelight, as I said to you earlier, um, when I was going as a student and stuff was very much sort of pixies, breeders, um, that sort of thing. Then the, as metal as it got was maybe like Rage Against the Machine or like you'd play Enter Sandman by Metallica, which still goes down well. Mm -hmm. um, but there was that kind of, you know, the Smiths and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, so music music tastes have changed in the sense that I don't really know how to describe it. It's, it's like 
that stuff now, the Smiths and all that old stuff, the Clash and, and all that doesn't really go down that well anymore. You get the odd student who, who likes it and stuff. I would but... play that sort of stuff in the middle bar when I would do Katie's the odd time. Yeah. That would be where I would play that. Yeah, yeah. What is that? That's my dishwasher. Oh, well, guys, this is uh, this is how <laughs> live pog. I, the brilliant thing is I don't edit this, so this is now just a funny thing we've done. <laughs> Darren's got a water across the room. I'm going to turn the dishwasher dish He's got a robotic dishwasher that turns itself on. Does it do that? No, no, it's um, it set the timer. Yeah, fantastic. No, but um, I think from that and and he's back. Um, <laughs> we made that sound like you had a massive apartment, like you always just going to yeah, yeah. Get the butler to do it, but Jeeves. <laughs> but um, yeah, I th- is it is it weird obviously because you have to play stuff to like when I, when I'm DJing or playing music. I don't want to play the same. I like. I don't want to play the same stuff that you and Will play mm-hmm. in different weeks. So I want to do. Um, when people come up and request a band, I'm like, cool. I'm like, what song do you want to hear? And I'm like, well, what about this one? I actually like talking to people. I'm yeah, yeah. Going, well, have you ever heard this song? And then you're playing bits and pieces. So it's stuff, stuff like Pixies and Smiths and Breeders. If I was in Katie's, I would play that. But I'm very much on the script that you're on when you're in. Yeah, too, yeah. It's is- it's it's been it's it's quite a difficult thing at the minute because uh, as I said, like rock's not in vogue. Um, so it's finding sort of new stuff to kind of keep it fresh is difficult. And then the stuff that would have been on the fringes previously, um, it's like, it, it's gone. Like people like it for a while and then it disappears and you can't really play it again. So it's, it's kind of difficult to find new stuff that way. Um, and as I say, like the stuff that's maybe in the charts and stuff at the minute or the stuff that breaks through, um, you know, there's there's not an awful lot that kind of fits the vibe of the limelight too. We got we get away with like a little bit of hip hop now and again and, and stuff like that. But you know, you couldn't play Stormzy, for example, very easily um, and please everybody in the limelight too or, or whatever. So it's it's a difficult balance to try to find um, stuff to play. And then to, uh, you know, we, I suppose we've been accused in the past of sort of playing the same songs quite a lot, which is it's a you know a fair assessment. But at the same time, we get requested. For the same songs Here, all the time. One of the things I wanted to say, I think I told you this story before, was I was DJing one week and I think you and Will had the night off, so I was just doing it on my own. Mm. And um, a lady came up, she was like, um, Can you play this song? And I said, Oh, I already played this song by that band. And she went, Oh, but the guys always play it for me. And I was like, But I thought I was doing the right thing by playing different stuff because I'm a different guy. Yeah. But even though people accuse you of playing the same stuff, there's someone who wants to hear that one song every week. I think people. So you're just like, I. I, I, what you think you're doing is right and then people have that idea in their head they're like no this is what I want to hear it's a fami- familiarity thing like, yeah. yeah that's really what it is people know they can come to the limelight and they know what to expect and they're going to get a good night they're going to be able to have a few drinks sing along to some songs they know you know go home safe happy and and hopefully content yeah um, one, of the, one of the great things I always thought about like rock clubs and stuff when I was younger stuff like Radiation or I mean I think they have is it Meltdown is that the metal one Meltdown yeah 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 another good night and then you got the Limelight as well one of the really good things I liked about although people I think people who don't like rock music or metal maybe they think it sounds kind of violent mm-hmm. but I always think that those people are the nicest people I know yeah like metalers are the nicest people I know yeah. never, I've never I don't think I've ever been in a fight at a gig or no, no, or in a rock club. We're just it's like a controlled release of aggression. We're having a bit of a jump about, and then we all go home. I think in the the ten plus years I've DJed in the limelight, I've maybe seen 
I, I could probably count on one hand how many fights or scuffles there have been. Just ones you've been in? Yeah, just ones I've been in. Yeah, just ones I started. Just... I'm not playing Justin Bieber. <laughs> Piss off. Um, honestly, it, it, it's really, um, it must be a gift for the, the security guys. Um, uh, like, Especially to like rock music. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, and some of them do because you get chatting to them. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a really safe place and um do you know what a lot of the like you get a lot of regulars and stuff if they ever see anything kind of happening they'll step in and just sort of calm it all down and, and break it up um so yeah they, they kind of you know i suppose they just don't want people shitting in their house you know it's like that's true it's, yeah that's you where they go you don't, you don't, you don't want, want to make your your night any more uncomfortable exactly yeah so um no it's always been like that yeah, so in that sort of vein, have you any gigs coming up yourself? Anything you're going to? I mean, you, you still go see live shows, right? Uh, yeah, but I, um, I'm kind of in a in a lucky enough position that I can sort of um get last minute tickets and stuff if I need to, um, because obviously the guys in the limelight are are very nice. Um, yeah, I DJ there for ages, didn't get nothing put there. So. <laughs> Probably a different story. Yeah. You got to be there over ten years. That's a thing. Yeah, that's no, true. like uh, they, uh, you know, if there's tickets going or something last minute, you can usually get hold of something, but. Um, yeah, so I don't I don't plan that far in advance as such, but usually there's you know stuff coming up. That said, I can't think of anything sort of off off the top of my head. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff. Know. I have tickets for. I'm going to in January. I've got um, the Wild Hearts and early February. I think it is. I've got the Menzingers in Dublin. Oh yeah, well, I, I, they were I, they were in the limelight obviously um, last year when I was away. Uh, yes, they were so so good, and um, I saw them in Leeds. At, we went to see them at Slamdog Festival, and they played the smallest stage, and it was brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, they were limelight. There was um, it was busy. I wouldn't say it was sold out as such, um, but it was busy, and it was a great, great gig, really, really good. And then I never know if it's PUP or Pup or whatever they're called, but there's another band that we're playing with them um, who were were excellent as well. Well worth checking out. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to, that's the two I've got, and then they've released the lineup for Slam Dunk Festival next year, which I've sent you, I think. You did. So I'm going to that as well. Even though it's all bands I've seen, this is now how you make money off a man in his 30s. <laughs> Put on the same shit he went to see when he was 17, 18, and I will pay the money. Uh, I will. Well, that's it. Now you've got a little bit more money. You get older, you get a little bit more money, and you just waste it on the same stuff you wasted it on. I know, exactly. It's so weird. I just I don't have to buy the new album because I can Spotify it and be like, I hope they don't yeah. play any of this. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, going back next year, it's like no effects again, some 41, so bands I've seen three, four times, but I don't care. Do you listen to any other, like, do you listen to a lot of their new stuff when they release new albums and things? I do still it doesn't yeah. it, like it doesn't go into my my memory banks of how I used to obviously just consume music mm. which was sitting with the CD CD kids Google that one what a CD is and used to read <laughs> like read liner notes and yeah I, I got to that little point where it was like that sort of near near sort of OCD or Wikipedia where I could have told you what number each track was and stuff mm. but that might have been a DJ thing too when I was using CDs of well, yeah, that's track three in that album to put the stuff on. Yeah, I I find it I, well. There's two problems. One, I don't really find much time to listen to a lot of new music, and then the second one is that I find it difficult to just find new stuff that I'm, I'm particularly into. Um, a girl last night actually um, asked for uh, Alkaline Trio in cool. the limelight, which was great. Um, but well, it was fairly late on, so I couldn't really play it. But um, she was saying that there was a new album out like this year or like last year or something which is really good I haven't heard it that's the thing like I didn't even know it existed what um, was the last one you heard My Shame Is True that one uh, pass which is like that's, four years ago but yeah <laughs> but this is this is my problem like I just I kind of a lot of it passes me by now and I don't like the stuff that really resonated me with me when I was younger maybe 
it doesn't I don't seek it out as much or something. I don't know. I remember years that like when when I was when I was younger and as a student and stuff, um, I'd have spent hours and hours and hours just going through sort of things about similar artists and stuff like that and finding albums and uh, definitely not downloading them but uh, listening to <laughs> listening yeah. to albums um, by similar artists and that's the way I discovered lots of bands that, that I became interested in um, and I just I think it's a time thing really I just don't have the time to do that sort of thing anymore I normally mind sort of like the 15 minutes in the morning <coughs> of walking to work with my headphones in yeah on I like using the I have Spotify so sometimes I like using the artist radio yes yeah yeah so you'll click Menzinger's Artist Radio yeah. and it'll give you somebody you know, oh who's this band and then you have to go back and have a, mm. a Google but yeah it, it is um, uh, my buddy Tommy Daly is a fiend for new music and, an, uh, and a, a couple of the guys that do a brilliant podcast in Lurgan called The Fellowship there always sent me new music as well and I do listen to it but it's just I don't know it just doesn't go in the same mm. even when I'm like that's brilliant and then I might never listen to it again I just think it, it, it back then like those those albums those artists and stuff um I suppose they just hit you at the right time and, and those songs kind of really stick with you and resonate with you and um, yeah I feel like maybe those bands we listened to were five years before is the exact same thing for like a Britpop fan yeah exactly that's their Oasis yeah, Blur and stuff yeah, and like, yeah this is just of the time this is when I was a teenager and yeah this is what you get I think so I do have that sort of slight jealousy because I, I do like obviously I do like all the music that I like but if you go through popular music like some kids were teenagers when the Beatles hit some people were teenagers when like Led Zeppelin hit. Mm. Some people were teenagers when like Nirvana hit, and we got like Limp Biscuit. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Limp Biscuit. Yeah, what a trade off! Just that little, <laughs> that little four year window of opportunity yeah. when uh, new metal was a whole just a thing. Do you know what? Um, funny, I uh, I've noticed now. Uh, it's weird actually saying it, but the the kids that are coming into the limelight now are eighteen. So realistically, you know the. The younger sort of parents would be around 18 and stuff and yeah. probably listening to some of the stuff we were listening to growing up so the kids are now listening to it yeah um so they're coming in and asking for bands that you know we would have been interested in back then and even stuff that their parents have maybe discovered since so the the, the led zeppelins of this world and and Def Leppard. Def Leppard still goes down really well. Like, do you know, you know why? Because they're brilliant. Yeah, well, they are brilliant. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you know, where does an eighteen-year-old student discover Led Zeppelin or Def Leppard? It must be that their parents are listening to it. You know, or in the limelight. Or, or in the limelight. Yeah, maybe they've just. It's sort of weird because a lot of that eighties rock has a near pop or dance production to it. Anyway, mm. there's a lot of kick drum, which yeah. is very conducive to uh, an yeah, X-Pop. Yeah. yeah, so it works. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of songs that are just. In I don't know in the culture or people know it or well exactly it's in a movie it's in an advert it's on something you go I know this yeah and going back to what we were talking about earlier like that's kind of when when you're DJing at the line like that's the kind of vibe you you need to kind of almost hold on to because there's not lots of new music you need to find the classics that everybody kind of yeah. really enjoys you need to get that, them on your side yeah and that, and that's it so um, that's kind of what we do right well um I can well we'll we'll do a bit of recommendation because I know you're saying struggling for new music have you heard the latest men singers um the the new new album new new I've only heard a no hang on maybe I did have a listen through to it I can't remember I've I've definitely heard the first couple of singles because they, they slow released the singles yeah, yeah. through the year I definitely heard Anna those and America you're freaking yes me. um which were great um but I have I don't think I've heard the whole album in in full um it's it's good I don't know if it's as good as it's, the one previous after the party, but it's still a really good album, and those singles are massive. Mm. 
and they're going to be great sing-alongs when we, when we go see them and things so that's my recommendation for you so okay. if you find anything give me a text of a few of the stuff I will get stuck of your that. wandering down the, the work playlist of what you do or when you're at the hockey yeah your other interests outside of this we'll, we'll do we'll do the one that you can't slag me about first you're a big hockey fan uh, yeah I, I just sort of in the last three or four years um, a mate of mine had a couple of cheap tickets that he got and it was over Christmas actually it was over December uh, ice hockey by the way and that's ice hockey. hockey yeah 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 Yeah, we're not going to see like um, Harlequins play the RUC it's not the <laughs> night do you remember in the 90s when they used to have the hockey results on UTV oh no that was on the sports results oh, yeah. really? and you're just like we have hockey here <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so we went down to see the Belfast Giants it was my first time um, and really enjoyed it and then over that kind of sort of Christmas New Year period we went maybe two or three more times and then the season ends around March, I think, um, maybe April. Um, I think we went maybe another sort of three or four times in that period. So really got into it. And then the next season got a season ticket. And I've been a season ticket holder ever since. Sweet. Yeah. So I go as much as I can, which is usually, well, the home games sort of fall. It depends. Some weeks there's no games at all. Some weeks there's maybe two or three home games. Um, and usually it's like a Friday and a Saturday or Saturday and a Sunday or sometimes Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, so I go as much as I can, but yeah, it's 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 a good night out. Really, really enjoy it. Um, have you been? I've been a couple of times. Yeah. The, one of the reasons I went uh, because I knew I was going to be moving to Canada, and I was like, I should probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so uh, I was very lucky because uh, Emma and Scott, two good friends of mine, Emma's from Scotland and Scott is from Idaho in the US, so he knew the rules of hockey. Because I, even though I had like. NHL on my <laughs> Nintendo and stuff I was like I don't know what Ison is I don't know what a face off oh, is yeah, so, only, yeah, it's so like... you had to learn so I, Scott used to take me to games and be like now this is that because he used to watch junior hockey and mm-hmm. like his university had a team so yeah uh, yeah. It took, it took me a while to sort of get au fait with all the rules but the, one of the good things about hockey I mean it's ultimately the, the basic rule is you've got to put the puck in the other person's net and that it's, so it's like football or, or yeah. whatever um uh, and it's a really fast-paced sport. Like, it's always moving. Um, so even if you've never watched it before, you don't understand the rules or whatever, you can go down and see it and you'll have a good time because it's it's just back and forth and back and forth and, and, and hard-hitting as well. You know, sometimes you get fights which are kind of part of the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a good night. I, I can't recommend it enough. I really enjoy it. So get yourself down and go see the Belfast Giants, which I, I actually thought was actually quite a funny name as well because they have the mascot and the it's a good laugh as well even if you just want to go kind of for the the games are good but the people watching I think that the cocky is so much fun like the yeah. Finn McCool and the, yeah, the yeah. sandwich cannon and all that yeah kind yeah of the part. subway the subway cannon the subway cannon uh, where you can potentially get killed by a sandwich yeah exactly yeah, well it, it hit me in the chest actually a couple of weeks ago just like did you get did you get one yeah yeah I'd, I'd give it away like I wasn't going to eat Subway out of a sock like but <laughs> yeah after it smashed it <laughs> yeah. after it smashed um, it yes. but uh, yeah no it's uh, okay it's a good night out apparently I don't know if this is true um, but they were thinking about the team names for, for the Belfast Giants initially um, the one of the favourites I heard or one of the considerations was the Belfast Bombers oh um, well, I don't know if that was just a, a lie or a rumor or whatever, but somebody did tell me that once it was going to be the Belfast Bombers. The um, Belfast Bombers yeah. was going to be the hockey team. Yeah, which part of me kind of finds funny, but well, yeah, I mean it is. I mean you've got like the Sheffield Steelers and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah, Sheffield <laughs> What's for Belfast for? Uh, uh, please welcome to the ice, the Belfast Big Cranes. Yeah, it's not uh, yeah. quite the same. Samson and Goliath. I yeah. don't know what else would have been a good team. The Giants is a perfect team. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, team name. It's it's um, it's, it's great. Good. And it makes sense, and it's a mythological thing from our part of the yeah well, part of the world. Um, you should also point out just anybody who wants to go down that they are one of the more successful teams in the in the UK league and the elite league. So they won the the league and the Challenge Cup last year. Um, yeah. So and they're you know doing all right again this season. Um, still early doors, but yeah. They're doing good. They are good, and they actually have a, the point now where they've been in the city long enough. Because obviously, when they started, it was all Americans and Canadians. But are mm-hmm. they now actually trying to develop? They're developing local players, aren't they? There, there are some. Yeah, uh, local players don't really get any ice time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple in the kind of. I, I don't really understand the the dynamics of the squads and how that works, and they kind of feed into because feed they've got lines, the they've got lines, and all that. Kind yeah, of stuff. yeah. So um, it, it'd be very rare you would get a local player even on the bench. Um, and uh, even rarer to get any on the ice. The the third choice goalie is a is a local guy, Andrew Dixon. Um, he's from sort of, I want to say like Balamoney direction. Um, he's uh, Antrim anyway. He's where a, they don't have an ice rink. Where they don't have an ice. Oh, well, they used to have the Jet Center in Coleraine. That's right. Jet Center in Coleraine. I don't Fair know enough. if that's still going or not, but because uh, there was the, the Dundon Ice Bowl. I remember there's a, a hockey team years ago called the Dundon Knights. Uh, they, they there's a couple of um, local teams still going. Um, there's one that plays. Um, my mate Will that a DJ would be able to tell you a little bit more about this because he actually plays goalie for a couple of them um, but there's a couple of teams and one of them plays in like a Scottish league and stuff so they that's pretty cool yeah, so yeah, yeah so there they go a bit of an undiscovered sport for you on the yeah, podcast so. yeah yeah um, but yeah so to answer your question the, the local players I think are, there's some teetering around the edges but um, no, 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 yet, no, no really they don't have to free. play for the Giants the fact that they're actually even being like, here's a new sport, lads. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Have a go, so yeah, it's yeah. cool as well. I think the ice bowl's due to get a big uh, renovation soon as well, so that'll maybe pique somebody's interest. Get a few more people out mm. playing. I think it's good as well. Maybe as well, it, it looks it looks kind of expensive as someone. Well, as someone who used to play hurling, but they used to give me my stuff for free, so you just had to wear bring your boots from football. That was that was the great thing about when I was growing up was like one pair of boots did rugby, soccer, Gaelic, and hurling. Mm-hmm. So when you're like. You just yeah, go up, you're like, that's that, yeah. your boots for the year. Yeah. That does every sport, which is great. Even though rugby are different boots, and but at the time I was like, mm, you're 12, 13, who cares? Basketball was my big sport when I was younger. Like, that was what I was really into, um, both playing and watching. Um, did you did you quit basketball for the same reason I quit rugby, which was to realise you weren't going to be six foot seven? Uh, yeah, something like that, yeah. I, yeah. I, was, I was a decent enough basketball player back in the day, but um, it was just, there was... I suppose like um, growing up and stuff it wasn't a big sport in the UK and stuff so there was no well there wasn't an awful lot of leagues or opportunities especially at school and stuff to get really into it um, and obviously I was never going to be a, an NBA player or whatever but, yeah um, okay it was just a bit of fun I always enjoyed basketball well, I, I I was on the, I think the school basketball team for one year just because I sort of took an interest and then mm. was like eh. <laughs> just, didn't have, <laughs> just didn't have time the next year but um yeah, uh, I, I definitely couldn't do this podcast. Darren and I have been friends for many, many years. And I'm going to have to let you have this one because you were good enough to become on, on be a guest. We support two different football teams. <laughs> and the basis of most of our texts and sometimes uh, Facebook chats are about, say, football teams. Now, I had a pretty good for probably the first, I say, 10 years of our friendship. Pretty much most of my life you've had a pretty good. Yeah, thing. most of your life I've had a pretty good. Uh, I support Manchester United. And Darren, do you want to tell people who you support? Uh, I would be a Liverpool fan. You having a good year? An excellent year. So far. So far, it's early, <laughs> right? So this is it. Like I, I worry because like, the last two seasons at Christmas... February. 
Even February was it? Top I think, of the table, top I, think of the table? I think February is the the slippy month. Right. Okay. Yeah. So like we've been top of the table at Christmas, definitely, or around the Christmas. Um, maybe six or seven points ahead, I think, at one point, and uh, we've we've let it slide. So I'm trying my best not to get too um, get my hopes worked up too much at the minute. I respect that. I one of the good things I think it, that I enjoy about when we talk about football is I know lots of Man United and Liverpool fans who are deluded fans. Mm. I'm. I've always been very realistic that we are now terrible. I'm not. I'm happy to admit that. I'm. I'm willing to admit that. But I. I know. Like there's other guys who I know support United, and I can hear them talking in bars and stuff. And I'm yeah. like, shut up. <laughs> but I, I. At the same point, I know lots of deluded Liverpool fans also. So or yeah. maybe it's that. I think being a United fan is going to be the new being a Liverpool fan which is that living in the past thing yeah. we're going to be all we're going to be doing yeah, yeah. is talking about that kind of thing so bringing up your 20 leagues or whatever it was yeah. so that, that that's what it's going to be now yeah. for a while because and the, the modern game has changed so much that it's not even just the guys on the pitch it's backrooms boardrooms well, debts yeah, the you owners would, you would know more about the, the Man United problems than I, I would but looking from the outside in there, there's obviously a real cultural issue there about and a recruitment issue as well like the, the players that you brought in um, like I wouldn't have had Pogba anywhere near that team personally. After selling them, well, yeah, ago. but it, it's not that like he's obviously a talented player when he shows up. Um, but so was Mario Balotelli. So was Mario Balotelli, and that was the same. That's the same issue. You're bringing in, you're bringing in a player that upsets the dressing room. I think, um, and it was the same in both cases. Pogba is a negative influence around the club, or he seems to be from the outside looking in. Seems to be a negative influence. Um, so you just don't need players like that around around the club at all. One of the big things I noticed about Liverpool was it's not even like people obviously guys like Mo Salah and stuff, but Liverpool have essentially a three man forward line, and and they have options as well. They've yeah. got they finally got to a point where they're not reliant on one guy, and if he gets injured, you're you're done. Yeah, there, there's there's. Yeah, that um, Salah, Firmino, uh, Mane, Mane, yeah, and then if one of them's not well, you, you can bring on Origi. Those guys are yeah, they, they're Sh- pushing. Shakiri, Oxley Chamberlain's coming back to fitness. Who can play a bit more forward? If, if these are people to. who can score and play midfield. Yeah, so our obviously our big danger at United is we have scorers, but you need to get the ball first. Mm. Whereas I feel like Liverpool are definitely playing the, the better football, and then watching, I watched obviously if anyone was going to beat Liverpool, it was last week, which was Man City. And it was a complete sort of yeah. tactical nightmare for There was a, a VAR a controversy there, obviously. Yeah. But um, that was, oh, VAR is a mess. But that's maybe another conversation for another day. But no, I, I think we I think we can do a couple of minutes in VAR. Yeah. Is it has it just completely taken the crack out of the game? Well, you see, this is the thing. It was supposed to kind of take the controversy out of it, which for me was kind of part of the fun of football. You were like sitting in the pub arguing over, well, was it a handball? Wasn't it a handball? Is it a penalty? Isn't it a penalty? I think that, and even then with all the technology, whenever they get it wrong. Yeah, like, but that creates a controversy as well. So it's like, still interpretation. It yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter if I can go, look, he's offside. And then one guy just goes, I don't see it. Yeah. I think, well, this is the, this is the problem. Like, so obviously somebody is, the marginal decisions are a bit more difficult. Um, you but there are ones where people are clearly offside or it's clearly a penalty or, or whatever. Um, VARs, is it a good thing for those? I don't know if, if you have to have all the rest with it. I'm I'm still kind of undecided really, but I think it's it's messy and it takes a long time and um, it a lot of it is open to interpretation. Deliberate handball, so the Trent Alexander-Arnold incident in the Man City game. People talk, it, it's a phrase that really niggles me. It's... 
the hand in an unnatural position. But that implies that like defenders are supposed to run around, sprint around with their hands firmly down by their sides or, or behind their the back. time or behind their back. Like it's a free kick. Yeah, like I don't really understand the the idea that if you, if you're quickly changing direction, you're sprinting, changing direction, your arms are going to come out to balance yourself. That's a that's a natural position for a human being to be in. Um so the idea of it is just a bit a bit funny to me. I don't really I don't really get it, but the the one thing that really annoys me about VAR is when people start doing the um you'll see some punditry and it'll be on Twitter and stuff where they'll show how many points a team would have had yes. if VAR hadn't screwed them and you're just yeah. like, guys, it's a 90-minute match. Yeah. If you can't, if you're only living on that one goal, you had 90 yeah. minutes to score more. So that's... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the... Going back to the, the City-Liverpool game was, yeah, maybe there's a bit of controversy about that that first goal. Maybe that... Maybe that sets the momentum for the rest of the game. I don't know, but we were we were better than them for ninety minutes. Yeah, and that, that's the game, game, and it's 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 going to be different. But it's it will be completely a story of as with all teams, fitness, longevity, form, the, and it's a long way to me. The the player I worry about the most is Firmino. If Firmino gets injured, he is so important to everything that we do in that team, um, and he's the only player in our team that can do it anywhere near as good as he does it got you um, yeah he, so he is that one where you, you, you're you maybe not trusting someone else to yeah. do this you, you can't no one else can do the yeah. job Sa- Salah and Mane I think benefit a lot from what Firmino does um, they're both excellent players don't get me wrong but uh, you know Salah's um, potentially injured actually for the next Premier League game uh, against Crystal Palace um, if he comes out I think we'll still win that game um, if Firmino comes out I would worry is there also that weird thing as well where there's teams who have beat top four and then you'll have a banana skin somewhere in the year? Because there's, there's always one wee team who completely screws somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, that's why Arsenal were the Invincibles because there was a draw or a win on every every tick. Mm-hmm. I, there's always that complacency. I would have worried more about that a couple of seasons ago. Liverpool have come back a couple of times this year though. They've had that, that initial shock yeah. first conceding. Yeah, yeah. We, we are a lot more resilient than we used to be. Was it Wolves? Uh, past yeah because Wolves beat us so that been. Was... yeah I think it's, there's been two maybe two or three games where we've yeah. been behind and then come back I think we like beat like Chelsea 4-0 and then lost 2-0 to somebody who's at the arse end of yeah. the ladder so how do you feel about United then is it like it's um well, somebody said to me they were just like oh what's it like being a United fan now and I was like I'm assuming it's like supporting every other team for <laughs> That's what yeah. it's like, but I'm really, I mean, yeah. I'm actually old enough to remember when United weren't great. My options of supporting in my house were Manchester United or Liverpool. Mm. My wife, one older brother who was a Liverpool fan, one older brother who's a United fan. And I just kind of, I like that kind of underdog thing. And yeah. I, I just timed it lovely. So obviously I was like five, I think, when I picked my team. And mm. so I got, I was like, I'll go United. One year later, we buy our Kentna and it was, it was a hell of a run after that. So yeah. it was lovely. So you have that and then there was the great story where my uh, auntie wanted to buy me like a, f- a fake jersey from Newry Market for my birthday when I was like six right. and she said to my mum who does he support my mum was like the team that plays in red what what jersey did I get <laughs> um, my mum made me wear it when she came round to the no. house she made me put the Liverpool top on brilliant and I was did like, your skin burn a wee bit <laughs> like I'd, I'd probably wear Rangers top quicker <laughs> and I don't even like Scottish football <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Yeah, it's just uh, looking at United this season has been a bit like... Uh, I mean, obviously, for for the sort of friendly revenue, it must be funny. It is, yeah. It's good for the banter. And um, my mum's partner and his kids are all United fans as well. So um, 
it's good slagging them off whenever they they lose but you know like United maybe until the the win last weekend were five points off relegation or something like that's unheard of for that team you know well the last time United got relegated it was by a former United player in the 1970s Dennis Law playing for Man City scored a backheel goal and refused to celebrate I think it was like 71, 72 this was was like right after the George Beth era United got relegated in the old first and second division you could see it coming with United, like the the team that um, Fergie left and uh, Moyes inherited. I mean, just none of those players would have walked into a top four team. No, I think it it became that point as well where, with the chopping and changing the managers, I somebody said, "Oh, almost it's like a poison chalice job." I'm like, "Yeah, but loads of people are jumping at it because if you get sacked, you walk out with ten million. Mm. They're they're paying millions to sack managers." Yeah, yeah. Like oh you're not Alex Ferguson you're like yeah. no one is Alex Ferguson no well that's the thing yeah that you know Fergie Fergie is arguably the best manager ever lived well the, the testament of that is how he how he changed generations and slowly developed teams mm-hmm. and even even like don't get me wrong there was plenty of donkeys in the Fergie days too but there was enough success to yeah David May has got a Champions League winning medal you know what I mean yeah so does Jimmy Troy that's true as well uh, Mikael Sylvester oh he was decent he played for was he French wasn't he. Uh yeah yeah, yeah he, he was an actual player at least yeah. but you had but I think Liverpool have had a lot of, so many even with European success have had so many so closes yeah the, the most famous one being the Gerrard one which yeah, was as you say a Gerard's Leipzig slip kind of yeah, thing so yeah. I think that's going to be until you win it that's going to be the stick that you get beaten yeah, with definitely um, and then the, last year as well this season will be the the, the chance I think um, if if we don't win it this season I want I worry about the confidence of the team and you know, the, if it's like a curse kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like Mayo trying to win the, the All Ireland final. <laughs> they've been in like twelve finals or something. The last one they won was nineteen fifty one. Yeah, should Dublin's just winning everything. Well, though, that's their their in lies the issue. Multi millions and yeah, but it's I think it's probably as you say part of the culture. Liverpool seems to be a much more settled club. United have got the Glaziers in charge, and it's I mean it's pretty much reported that they're bleeding the place dry mm. United in a couple of years might be one of those places that gets sold for a pound because people buy 400 million debt yeah yeah the former biggest club in the yeah. world we're still obviously generating millions and millions yeah. big Asian fan base lots of jersey sales but there's evidence of the Glaciers are paying consultancy fees from oh. Manchester United to a company they own yes yeah. so this could this could just be a I mean United to them as a play thing. It's a it's a stock market price. It's well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, you ultimately need somebody in charge of your club or own, owning your club that, that's interested in sport um, in yeah. general. And when we do, um, uh, the guy that owns owns Liverpool, uh, John, oh, I forgot his surname, uh, also owns the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, um, he's a he's a sports guy. You know, that's he he owns sports teams. He knows how to run sports teams, um, and and that's. Uh, that's what he does and so he he trusts I think that the, the culture of the club as you say they've put put trust in in the manager to do what he needs to do and giving him time because Jurgen Klopp's first season wasn't great you know we, I think we I can't remember we finished fifth or sixth or something like that you know it wasn't a, a, a brilliant season um, yeah but it was that time whereas United have brought in so many managers since and panicked hmm. like they were like oh David Moyes was terrible and they sacked him and then Louis van Gaal had less points than David Moyes had when they fired him and, yeah, and yeah. Mourinho had less points than yeah. Louis van Gaal. and I was like we're getting worse yeah. and, I, I, and then he won a European Cup that saved his job basically was I, it like an FA Cup in Europa League was that it and that was yeah something like that kept yeah. him in the job for another year yeah I, I found the Mourinho appointment really strange actually because um, I hated him 
I just yeah. don't like him. I don't care how successful he is. He's not a likable. No, he's not a particularly. Alex Ferguson was like a wee friendly Scottish grander. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't, have, but I wouldn't have crossed him. You know, yeah. he had the wee whiskey nose and stuff. And, but he was kind of like he smiled and waved to the crowd. Kick, kick a football boot at your head. Or exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, the, the 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 Mourinho one. Apart from he's he's a he's a character who always likes being in the media. He always likes being on TV. So you know he's always going to do something controversial or just play up to something. You know, but. Um, after Van Gaal, who played a really negative, defensive style, boring style of football, and United fans were crying out for attacking football, like fluid, um, you know, going back to the, the the kind of glory days in the Ferguson era, which um, was fast wingers, yeah, exactly, forwards, yeah, just you know that that sort of good, uh, you know, fun football to watch, entertaining football, um, and then they've appointed Mourinho, who's arguably the, one of the most defensive coaches in history, you know. The, all the jokes floating around when he's with Chelsea about the the three hundred million pound bus and and all that sort of stuff, and he did the same sort of thing at United. It just wasn't good football to watch, and it would have been fine if he was winning all the time. You know, the United fans would have accepted it if he was constantly winning with with that that. Style. You would have accepted it, but you don't want to watch. You don't want to watch a scraped one 0 every week. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. But you would have accepted it if he'd won the league. Oh, of course, exactly. So, um, but he, he didn't, obviously. So that's why he was sacked. But it was just a strange appointment for me. It was it was an odd one. Um, what about when? What about whenever Liverpool brought in Jurgen Klopp? Was it like? Um, because the only thing I knew about him previously was that he, I, I had seen him in European games with. Dortmund. Yeah, I I always liked him as a character. Um, he was obviously he was successful with Dortmund, but he was also um, he almost got them relegated one season, um, and he almost lost his job just by trying out stuff. I, I don't know. I, I to be honest, I, I didn't really follow the German. I don't follow the German league at all, really. But um, uh, I'd, I'd read that somewhere, or heard that somewhere, and maybe I'm getting it muddled or, or confused. But as far as I know, he nearly got them relegated. He was in real real danger of losing his job and stuff. And I think it was after the season after he won the league. Um, again, I need to double check my, my facts. On um, it, it might have been obviously he was, he was like right, we've won the league with that, but didn't want to just cookie mm. cutter it because obviously the, the other teams would figure you out. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, Leicester won a league with kick and chase football. Jimmy Vardy was lightning and yeah. draw a team in, draw a team in, and then yeah, away you go. Away yeah. you go. It was it was actually a really old school way of playing football. <laughs> yeah, and nobody was prepared for it. Yeah, he was picking up a ball ten yards, ten yards into their own half, and he was mm-hmm. running for there it. There he goes. Great. No. Um, so I yeah, I always like Klopp. I actually. I always felt that Rodgers was a little bit hard done by. I mean, Liverpool were maybe sitting fourth or fifth, I think, when he got sacked. I remember the day he got sacked because I was in London. Um, I was at an NFL game, strangely enough, at Wembley. Um, and then came out of, of Wembley, checked my phone, and, and Rodgers had got the, the sack. But, yeah, I, I, Rodgers... To give Rodgers some credit, I think Rodgers lay the foundations that Jurgen Klopp is now reaping the rewards from. Um, because... The, the style of football actually isn't massively different between between Rodgers and, and Klopp. You can actually see now as well how good Rodgers is doing at Leicester. Like Leicester are third in the league or something like I that. Was, it's definitely not the money Liverpool has. No, has. no. And, players. and so, yeah, sold some of their best players in the, the years previous. Um, you know, uh, Kante being the, the obvious one. Um, so I think Klopp, Klopp is a very, very good manager. Gets the best out of, of some, you know good players but not world beaters necessarily he, he's turning them into world beaters um, you know like and, and some good signings Andy Robertson uh, 8 million from Hull mm. is now arguably the best left back in the world like I, I can't think of a better one for 8 million that's that's pretty yeah, yeah, business, yeah. Like so. yeah so uh, great manager very, very happy to have him 
Well, we will we'll have to do another one in July and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll like, edit this. <laughs> so we were both terribly wrong. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Leicester no, win the league. It's really good. But yeah, no. One of the ones I wanted to talk about that was uh, and just a quick finish up was when I was growing up, people were always weirdly weirded out by the fact that I was really really into music, but loved sport and played sport. Because when I when I grew up, it was like either like sport one or, or you like other. music. It was one or the other, and I was like. No, I've grown up because I was way into sport before yeah. I was into music, and then I was like, "Oh, I can do both." Yeah, yeah. So I play in bands, but I still play football. Every like I'm yeah. thirty four, I still play football. Yeah, I don't know really where it came from. Like my dad's not big into sport or anything, so it wasn't really a family influence as such. I just my, maybe a friends or something. But uh, my mum's family are all mad soccer men. Yeah, yeah. My mum's uncle played for Chelsea and Charlton and stuff, mm. so he was an, an international footballer as well. I call Seamus Darby from Uri. I went searching for him once on a Chelsea player database. Yeah. So he played for Chelsea in, I think it was 54 to 55. Oh, wow. As an inside forward, which is not even an attacking midfielder. Yeah, yeah. So I was searching for him and I was like, Seamus Darcy. And I was like, Seamus D apostrophe. You know, I was like, Mom, this, are you sure your uncle played? You, you were just telling me this when I was a kid. <laughs> so like, no, no, he definitely did. Then I found it because it was the 1950s in London. His name was Paddy Darcy. Ah, of That's where I couldn't find him. Of course. So you I got, like, you find him. How many games did he play? Do you know? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll dig up his record whenever we finish. Mm. But he was—he uh, actually ended his career in playing in Canada on a Northern Ireland promotional tour. They were trying to promote soccer to the the colonies. Brilliant. And uh, they didn't have a football pitch to play on, so they cut a, a cornfield and stuck nets up, and he busted his ankle. <laughs> field of dreams. Yeah. <laughs> Only field of screams because he busted his ankle. That was the end of it. Oh dear. So I, I'll, I'll I'll tell you about that over our, our 19th cup of tea when we're finished. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just thought that was so. My, yeah, mine came from that side of the family, and my brothers were all into football. And mm. but like my dad's massively into Gaelic football. That was his thing. Like he, he's he's that old school. Like he called soccer like the garrison game. You know. Right. What I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kieran, set yourself. Um, so yeah, so it was, I sort of doing both, but I used to like, I used to have to sneak out of the house to go play soccer on a Saturday morning, like with the team, and then yeah. I play Gaelic in the afternoon. No, I, I I have to think it came from like friends and you know people I grew up with and stuff because my yeah, my dad, my parents, not sports fans at all. Um, you know, I even get my dad to watch a game of football as a, a chore. You know, yeah, it, yeah. Just, it just won't happen. So, um, yeah, I don't know where it came from, but I've, I've always been a Liverpool fan as long as I can remember. And but did you have it when you were growing up? Did you have that with where like the, the little rocker kids weren't sporting? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't really remember. I, I think I'm just thinking of school, which was yeah, yeah, the, the kind were, of the athletes yeah. were the the or the, the jocks or whatever. Like, I mean, I was. Um, for want of a better description, the kind of the, one of the in-betweeners, you know. Kind yeah, of, I very much floated in the middle. Yeah, like I, I, I Friends wasn't, everybody. definitely wasn't one of the cool kids, definitely wasn't necessarily one of the kind of, I wasn't one of the goths or anything, you know, mm-hmm. like anything like that, but. Um, no New Rock boots for you, so? No, no, definitely not. My my hair was mostly at a reasonable length. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say that, actually, I don't know, my mum could dig out some old photos or something, maybe I'm talking rubbish, but. Yeah, I, I had longish hair, but never long hair. So. Yeah, I think mine, mine was kind of, probably looked like Liam Gallagher a little bit yeah you know the bowl, of, bowl cut and stuff a bit scraggly in the 90s yeah absolutely well, that's okay uh, I think we'll leave it here and go chill out Darren thanks very much sounds good do you enjoy that get yeah a wee, get a wee dig in a bit but United feel good uh, yes I'm good you, did, you actually yeah, restrained, yeah. You restrained yourself I very did well. I, was trying, I was trying to be polite you know but I, I, I mean I do find it funny don't listen to me he's a bastard to me when we're not recording <laughs> stuff alright guys uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast the usual crack uh, like 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 like, subscribe and share it with your buddies and I will be back. I'm going to record another one 
later in the week and I'll stick that up because it's going to do a bit of explanation of what's been going on and what's coming up in the new year because I have some cool new plans for the comedy stuff very exciting very exciting uh, Darren loves coming to the gigs where you can bring a carry out <laughs> there'll be more of those don't worry <laughs> it sounds good alright guys thanks for listening and I will chat to you again get this up online and I will see you soon or speak to you soon even bye bye Darren say bye cheers